Welcome to this week's Direct-to-Consumer Coffee Shop. I'm Charlie. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss things. Uh, please uh, comment below with your favorite parts. Timestamp the things that you like. Please feel free to follow all the people we have on this show and engage as much as you can with all this stuff. Share it with your friends. This is Black Friday live today. We have you know fun stuff happening. I hope you guys are hearing you know the lovely sounds of money like I hope you're just hearing this all fucking day. This is this is just Shopify. This is just what money sounds like in case you guys, you know. Uh, I, I I hope this is what your day is like. Anyway, that all being said, um, thank you guys so much for being here once again. My name is Charlie. We're going to have on Daniel, which we'll get into him, as well as welcoming on old friends Dylan and Brent. So with that being said, please uh, comment if there's any questions. Subscribe to stuff. It means the world. Smash the like button so we get higher up on all the things. And with that being said... Let's welcome a new friend to the show and somebody that has been a part of our lives for a long time, even though we didn't even know it. Um, with that being said, let me welcome Daniel to the show. Daniel, it's great to get to see you, my man. Uh, I've been cyber-stalking you a little bit since Brent uh, brought you into the circle. I love it, but um, for the purpose of this conversation, do you mind just letting the people know all about what it is that you're doing right now because I think it's super rad and a little bit maybe about where you came from. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, by the way. It's good to probably I'm excited. I, I'm not going to lie. I've got some Shopify dashboards up. I might be checking throughout the call just to, just to check on how things are going. But um, Who doesn't like that nice dopamine hit? Of course. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm founder CEO of Mint Performance Marketing. We're a full-service performance agency. Um, we're part of Social Chain Group. We uh, got acquired earlier this year, uh, which was super exciting. Um, we're a 30-person team. We do creative, influencers, paid, email, SMS. Working with some really cool brands, great team. Um, been going for about just over two and a half years. Um, so loving everything we're doing. Um, it's been a big week for us, a busy week, because I'm sure it is for everybody else who's listening to this and on this call. Um, I guess the long story is that like, I've been in the industry for a while. I joined MySpace in 2004. Um, I was, so I was super early in the MySpace game, super early in the social digital space, knew nothing, um, was given a random opportunity to come in and kind of learn all about digital and social and loved it, was bitten by the bug and just threw myself in head first. Um, so I was at MySpace for a couple of years, account management, working with the Group M agencies, doing everything in terms of all the managing brands advertising on MySpace influencer partnerships, which wasn't called influencer marketing back in the day. It was just called partnerships, um, but it's been going for a little while. Um, was there for about five, six years, went to AOL, um, was an account manager on their performance network as well as their own and operated properties. Um, that was a fun experience. Um, AOL at the time was a, was a beast. Um, I'm not too sure what they're up to anymore, but it was a fun, it was a fun ride. Um, and then I joined a company called Turn. We were a um, a DSP, DMP, and kind of strategy agency. They moved me to the US eight years ago. Um, I was head of strategy for the West Coast. I worked with Adidas, Disney, Red Bull, Kraft, Toyota, Lexus, Del Monte on their digital um, and social programmatic strategy and execution. Um, so big budgets. Um, it, was, it was a wild ride. It was fun times. Learned an absolute ton. Got my green card and thought, I think I know enough to do this maybe for myself. Um, so 
yeah, Mint started as just me consulting with a couple of my friends' brands, learned how to scale them, learned how to apply everything I learned with billion-dollar budgets and multi-million-dollar budgets on less than that, um, and kind of, you know, honed the craft of scaling DTC and e-commerce brands. I love it. I love it. So you joined MySpace back before half of us, before, I think, I don't know, Dylan might not even have been out of high school yet. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is good. This is what's that? I'm 36, so I'm not that I'm 37. Old. So, yeah, you and I are contemporaries in this game. I like it. I like yeah. it. That's that's great, man. Well, uh, thank you very much for being here. I love having some folks that have been in the game for a long, long time. You know, it's often that uh, some of us, uh, it, it's some of us that have been around the horn a few times. I always get to talk to some other folks, and that's that's good. And, and for some perspective too, let's uh, let's bring in let's bring in Dylan, somebody that uh, has been on the show a couple times, and we've had more of a mention. And he's what I would consider, you know, the next generation uh, of folks that are spending five-figure daily budgets. I think if I accurately can reflect Dylan's uh, Twitter profile, he's around twenty to forty k a day in spend, something along those lines. Is that is that accurate? Is that is that a fair statement, Dylan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like at 50, 55K a day right now. So, like, but on average, I would say it's normally like 30, 35K. But yeah, it's across a couple of different brands. Of course, I, you know, I really only work with eight to 10 brands at one time. So I have, you know, three or four just whales and it's just a blast with them. So can't complain at all. But yeah, I mean, today is pretty much just a budget play day. Um, I mean, it's weird. Everything I scheduled is kind of shit in the bed. I feel like all the evergreen stuff's working good. But Hey, I'm glad I left them up. So it's it's been a fun morning so far. I, I, I woke up extra early, which I never do. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, let's bring in our other friend, Brent. Hey, Brent, how are you doing this morning? Did you wake up extra early to check your stuff? Or would you like me? Uh, I'll, I'll be fair. I slept in. I let the dogs out. I had coffee. Uh I like hit refresh on a dashboard about three minutes before this call. I was like, cool, 50K. Awesome. Done. Like, I'm good for the day. It, the store works. Cool. So the last month of work that I've done, I'm just going to let it go. Are you are you in the uh, day trading camp or in the like, let Jesus take the wheel camp? Uh I mean, I have the added benefit of not actually having to manage any of the shoelace clients that we have. So it's a pretty much like a regular day for me. And I know that that's painful for the rest of you. Uh, I'm checking in on what they're doing, but I know that they, they got it. So I'm not, I'm not overly concerned, but I would say, I will say that everybody's been saying that all their evergreen stuff is crushing and, and the, the like BFCM messaging, not so much. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I love that. Let, let's maybe go around the horn real quick. Was there some BFCM stuff? Because I think everybody's interested in the Black Friday, Cyber Monday thing. It is, I guess, happenstance a Black Friday episode because we're on uh, Black Friday right now. Um, so maybe we'll go in reverse order. You know, Brent, you kind of already told what's going on. Dylan, like for you, what's the workload looking like? Well, actually, no, no, Brent, we'll let you go first. We'll, we'll go back. We'll go back in reverse order. Uh, when did you launch your Black Friday stuff? And uh, yeah, let's just start there. When did you launch your Black Friday stuff? And about how much management do you think you're going to put into it today? And are you happy? 
Um, I mean, so we have, so Shoelace has about 400 clients. So when you're like, when did you launch? Every day? Uh, I mean, my, my hope is that the, and the majority of them would have launched at least two to three weeks ago. I mean, we've been talking about, I think the last time we were on, we talked about running like lead ads um, just to garner emails ahead of time and then and try and build your sessions up so you can just go straight into retargeting during this uh, versus trying to go out and prospect against the entire world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like generally we advise our clients to have their shit ready to go in the first two weeks of November at the very least. And it all does depend though on the business and what they actually want to do. So a mixed bag is my yeah, answer. Harder, it's kind of hard to say like what the direction is. Yeah, let's, like, take somebody with, let's take somebody with uh, less than 400 accounts. Hey, Dylan, not a slight. Uh, you have less than 400 <laughs> accounts. That's more than enough for you to buy a house. So congratulations again, by the way, on the purchase. Uh, what about you? Launch time and, and workload today, overall gist of things. What's it looking like for you? It's been, I knew it was, I just had budgets today just to up even more and just kind of check out the scheduled campaigns we're doing for the most part. But I spent the most of my time appealing TikTok ads this morning. So I woke up, yeah, I woke up to an email, all, all of our spark ads, which are big money makers went down and I was like, fuck me, dude. So it's really just been appealing ads and talking to support my rep and everything. But other than that, it's been chill. I had some sales launch earlier in the month, honestly. And then I had one launch today at 10. So that launched 15 minutes ago. Um, but yeah, they've all been fairly recent, I would say. But I scheduled everything out. I, we just doubled most of the budgets. And it's been it's been interesting. I feel like the past couple of days weren't as hot as I would thought they were going to be. But it's been a solid morning so far. So I mean, I, I can't really complain. I, everybody's doing pretty darn good. So I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those mornings. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's a, yet another day in Dylan's cave. Yeah, I've been playing some Xbox, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. I do have my PS4 controller, and we'll get some Madden in here in a little bit. What about you, Daniel? How is, uh, what about when stuff's launched with you guys, and what's your management looking like today, and are you happy with things? Yeah, I think, I mean, same as Dylan was saying, you know, we've had people phase their launches of Black Friday, um, some have been live for two weeks. Some have gone live today. I think um, I, I, I tweeted it yesterday. Some are crushing. Everyone's up month over month, year over year. Some are under where we want it to be. Um, and, you know, honestly, like the team is just doubling budgets, increasing budgets where it makes sense to. Like we have a plan in place. We had scoped out budgets. Okay, we want to spend this. We have these creatives live. But honestly, I mean, you guys get it. It's like if it there's a time to push right and if you can push more when things are going well um that, that's kind of what the team is focused on um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm pretty happy with everything so far um we'll see we'll see how today goes <laughs> are, yeah, you guys, yeah. are you guys planning wait are you guys planning on shutting anything off today that's oh, my yeah. like sorry i know that i'm like jumping ahead but like that's what? my biggest question is like how how are you going to optimize today based off of like delayed data and everything else. Like, I are you gonna turn question. things off today? Yeah. Or are you gonna just like let it run and then make a call tomorrow? Or are you gonna trust like the model data and just be like, yep. 
Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, I don't care about the model data. I don't care about the delayed stuff. I've budgeted everything out because for most of the people that I'm working with, especially on bigger stuff, like, I mean, almost everybody I launched with, I, I was, I did not let them launch any later than like two, three weeks ago. Like, just flat out, I don't care. We're not playing that game. Um, like, for instance, last year, somebody didn't take my advice on that, and they literally launched at, like, 3 a.m. Black Friday day, and then the ads were in review to, like, noon, and oh, they fired us by no. in the afternoon, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, like, like this is your fault. Anyway, uh that was fine by me. I was making far too less. It was a favor to a friend, and I got fired by lunch. So fuck them. Uh, not my friend, the other people. Um, but yeah, so for me, I've got a rolled out. Like basically by like dinner time today or whatever, I'm not talking to my existing customers anymore. I'm not paying to reach anybody. And a lot of my other efforts are being rolled out because I am making I have dynamic exclusions based on email opens and based on site traffic. So basically, as soon as you're in my ecosystem, I'm not paying to acquire you anymore. And so that is based on frequency and uh, email overlap. So there's some automated rules. Basically, if you've been to my site twice in the last 48 hours and you open an email, you are not getting I'm not spending money on you at all. And I'm basically forcing the dollars higher and higher up the funnel. And the point of that is because, you know, it's going to be harder and harder. I want people to spend more and more money and the higher up the funnel you are, the higher the AOV of the offers that you're getting exposed to, because like, I'm just not playing the game of like cutting off my knees to try to scrap and get customers. I mean, we've talked about this forever. The idea of discounting your product to get a lower quality customer that pays you less money, what you make less revenue on that ultimately hurts your business next year is fucking stupid. At least the way I look at math, uh, bad revenue. It acts like a bad exchange rate for a lower quality customer bad business um and are you but you're going up funnel right yeah. like you're going into like a prospecting audience yes with, your, with your discount with higher and higher cost products oh like you you don't have those like lower pieces in your, yeah, the, the, in your like if you want to spend 30 dollars with me for instance with one brand uh a cbd company for instance right now if you wanted to spend less than 50 bucks, you had three weeks to do it. Um, hmm. And if you want to spend less than $100, you better land that in by sundown. At that point, I'm acquiring customers at like $150, $200 AOV. Because that's the only person I'm willing to spend money to acquire at this point. Because hmm. by no means are any of us inventing the wheel. And I have to compete with big box people. Like I ran Macy's Black Friday campaign a few years ago with the alpha of the DPA ad. I know what a seven dollar seven figure daily budget for direct to consumer looks like. Like that is auto pace. That is auto budget lifetime, you know, ad set like lifetime budget. I'm not dealing against fighting against that person that's gonna just buy out the inventory all weekend long. Like that's yeah. just dumb. And I can just sit back and every day I don't spend money, but I get sales is a ROAS number on my, like on my scrum doc, like my actual tracking of like 1000% ROAS, like nine, you know, like, like it's, it's stupid fucking numbers. And like, I'll go into the end of the month with my last week averaging like a 600 to a thousand daily return on ad spend. Like 
realize it's a bullshit number anyway, but I'll take that all day. <laughs> yeah, like throw that back at them and be like, look how good I am, even though you oh, shouldn't yeah, no, trust they know the number ever again. They're all laughing about it. There was a chat this morning because they're on the East Coast. But yeah, what about anybody else? I love what, the Yeah, what it, I want to hear, like Dylan looked like he had some hot takes, but I know that Daniel does too. I I mean, I just have one thing. There is one account that I'm just like shocked on today. It's the beauty and cosmetics. Like it's crazy. And we're even going broad, man. And our CPMs are like 40 bucks. And we're just, it's, it's, that's the one account I just, I'm like, oh my God, it's just not looking as I want it to look at all. So, but are you going to shut it off then? Like, are no. you going to turn ads off that aren't like, are you going to turn anything off not or are you yet. just going to let it run into yeah, when, when's the moment though? That's what I want to know. Like, I'm probably gonna look is it today? Four, 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 four or five p.m. Central time. So I'm gonna give it three, four more hours minimum. So I mean, because I mean, we don't. Are gonna still trust the? You're gonna trust the data that's in there? Yeah. Well, I'll be cross across, which is a lot of different in Google yeah. Analytics for the most part, and then you know, just try and match everything and see how it looks. But I mean, we don't have much running at all. I mean. Uh, it's it's freaking two campaigns, you know. It was just large budgets, but yeah, or the Black Friday shit just sucks on it. The, luckily, the Evergreen stuff though is still doing solid, but yeah, CPMs went from twenty two dollars yesterday to forty four dollars today, and it's just like holy shit, dude! Happy holidays! I didn't even do anything yet. <laughs> That's the one account I was like, let's. Sh I'll share an. Uh, this is a fat L right now. So, <laughs> what about you, Daniel? In terms of shutting stuff, I mean. I think today is more of a budget play, up, up static rather than a turning things up. I think we've set ourselves up in a way that, you know, we don't want to be making too many changes today. But also, like, where there's opportunities, we'll make changes, right? Like, we have additional creatives to rotate in tomorrow, Monday, as I'm sure everybody does. So it's like, like I said earlier, like we have that plan. If there's if there's opportunities to push. Today, we'll do that. Turning things off, I mean, probably not, maybe, unless there's something like really justifying to do so. But then as we go through the course of the next couple of days, like, yeah, we will. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually, I mean, I'd love to throw some data at you. I'm trying, trying to pull some anything interesting right now from the- All right, all right. Interesting stuff. I love that. I want to know some data. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try and pull some anything interesting. Um, I, I, I'm going to ask a question real quick. Because well, I, I have one client that we do this. Oh, sorry. Did, did you ready? Go for it. I was going to say, what I will say is one of our top performing uh, brands is not using Black Friday, Cyber Monday messaging. Yeah. Okay. At all. That's I'm just what... like, hey, we're here. It, it's just a, it's just a, there's a, there's an offer and it's, we could have called it Black Friday, but it's more a positioning of just value and quality um there's no mention of black friday cyber monday in it how's that doing like this last couple of days versus like the last couple of weeks tbd i'll get back to you but it's doing okay, well. fair enough, fair enough. I, I do have one question because i have a client uh and, and it, it, two students and a client where we've taken this approach um when we cross a certain revenue number we just cut spend we turn off the machine because the goal is what is our real objective? Well, the real objective, let's just throw it for instance on here. This totally isn't the real thing that's on a sticky note on my screen in front of me right now. Like absolutely not uh, whatever. 
it's, I'm not reading it off of a sticky note that happens to be over there. Uh, when we cross 125K, we're cutting. Because every penny we make after that is pure profit. And if we get there with 20K spend, great. If we then get, that's 130,000 or whatever, right? Like that, that's all, that's 100K profit. What's our goal? Our goal is cash flow. Our goal is customer acquisition. Our goal is to be profitable going into the end of Q4, right? Because they're playing the long game of what do we look like to the investors of the company? Because them, like other people that I like, they look at my business has one product. My business's product is the business. My goal as a business is to be so attractive that somebody wants to buy me. Like, and so they're playing the long game of the business growth model of showing projections. And so as soon as they hit 100K in profit today, we just shut things off, call it a day. It's a race to spend and profit and, and revenue. And as soon as we cross that line, everything goes dark and we just take in all other sales as cream. Um, and for what it's worth, we're sitting at about 80 right now on 15K spend. So, um, Probably by the time I get back from the gym, I'm just going to be like, done. Although I wish there was a way to like have an automated rule that said when Shopify number is this and then Facebook and Google revenue, it would spend equals this, just like kill everything. But like, sadly, I have to do a little bit of work today. And like, that's just, it's a holiday. I don't want to have to do any work. Jesus. So they're going to do that even if their customer acquisition cost is far better than it would be at any other time of the year yeah yeah like why not spend 40 to get 300k right so so there's two reasons number one because the positioning of the customer that's coming in today and in L this is an ltv based brand by the way like they are lifetime value like there's a 10x multiplier on that on that customer okay um it, it's it's generally about seven and a half to ten um, on that customer. So, uh, so for them, I'll just dealing went away for a second. I'll bring them back. Whatever. There we go. Great. Uh, for them, we got a little shuffle of the deck for them. Yeah, no, I know. Now I'm over here. Price uh, <laughs> the price conscious customer that's coming in on like Saturday on black Friday, the LTV of that day two, day three of a sale customer is like three to five X. The LTV of the other customers are seven to 10. So when we're baking in the overall profit margin and our allowable cost per acquisition, maybe I'm getting that customer for cheaper right now, but that's a much lower quality customer for me. And what that ends up doing is it hurts the email flow and the post-transactional journey and the product testing for what the customer looks like, because now I'm bringing in 10, 20% of my customer pool is this much lower grade customer. And that then means I have two types of customer journeys that I have to foster through everything that happens after the click, which ultimately impairs my ability to maximize the value of the customers that we're driving in otherwise. And ultimately, what we're really looking for is 30% year over year. So 30% growth year over year to hit the Deloitte projection for a buyout is going to get accomplished at like 100K, 200K, like there's a certain metrics. Once we hit that, then at the end of the day, the customer that's going to spend eight figures, 
doesn't give a damn if I'm getting an extra like 40 customers, 100 customers today, because that is penny smart pound foolish. You know what I'm saying? So like that, that's, that's why for them, there's a couple people that I'm working with. And also there's one of the two, one of the three of them also is just working on cash flow. Like, can I afford to support this? And they're honestly at a point of how many orders can I fulfill before I start to hit delay? And if I have a delay on delivery, wow. my page score on Facebook goes from a 4.5 to like a 2.8. Can I afford to shit the bed in January to make a few extra bucks today on deliveries? I'm going to pay extra to acquire that I can't fulfill. And so yeah. in those ways, they're just like, this is what I can do. And when I hit that, great. Like, my shit is still off for one of them specifically. Like, their boat unloads in Long Beach in three days, hopefully. And, and so that's, that's like... What, um, like I was on a Twitter space that Savannah Sanchez had, I think, like, two days oh, ago. I can't she was talking Savannah. about... She had me blocked. Oh, fun. <laughs> that's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah. She was on a Twitter space talking about how she has a bunch of things in place around how much product each of her clients actually have yeah. and, and how much they think that they'll sell in in December so that they don't like fuck themselves over during BFCM. And yeah, because like, if you're can't. getting 20% off on a product you could sell for full price in 10 days and you only have a thousand things on your shelf... How valuable is it to you to get a really nice ego boost upon a screenshot today versus continuous business for the next month? Like ultimately it is exchange rate of your investment, right? We're investment bankers. And I'd much rather reserve my investment for a day where I'm gonna get a 20% higher return. So, I mean, that's the game that I'm playing. With, with those people specifically. Y'all got any reach campaigns going today? I do. Nice. Tell me about it. I have one also, but I feel like I've been yammering for far too long. So maybe maybe you can tell us what you're doing. Yeah, so I just get all of our lists from even last Q4, and then I'll, I'll get a separate list for just November for, like, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and I just bombard them, honestly, like, with really high frequency and that we're getting sales like two or three bucks which you know really oh yeah the cpms aren't that crazy either they're around 35 40 dollars so luckily we have a huge fucking pool but i yeah i have reach campaigns in a couple of accounts and there's just one or it's just fucking killing it but yeah we but have like specific reach right you're not going like it's not a broad and it's not interest-based no. or even look-alike it's like specific people that you're I, I don't know if I would trust Smart. the audiences, man. That, that's no, crazy. I know. That's why I was like, wait, you're running reach campaigns? What the fuck are you talking about? No, but yeah, even just taking everybody from last Q4 and then this November, that's it's shockingly been a really good list for just having all customers in one. So, I mean, I, I do get kind of extreme on the retargeting buckets just to make sure no stone is left unturned. But Smart. Are yeah, you moving like that as incremental? What's up? Are you proving the incrementality of that retargeting? Like, I mean, we got a thousand people that are opening your email, and then your email score is 70 grand in sales today, and your Facebook score is 100 grand, and you look at your store and it's 95. Like, how much money do you spend to reach those people? Like, that's, that's my question. 
Because like it sounds yeah. There's definitely extra cream here. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that two might be a 20, but if your target CPA is 30, fuck it, smack. Exactly. And that's that's the, the KPI goal we're looking to even hit on that kind of front is $35. So like we're, okay. we're straight up in the green, like substantially there. But yeah, I mean, we do send out like a shitload of emails too, but I don't do the email marketing. So I don't know exactly how they have that list segmented to an extent. I would just think they have it all customers and shit, to be honest. So where once I was able to just get those lists, I was like, let me just try and sprinkle some, you know, a little razzle dazzle on this and get a little extra in the cooking, you know, kitchen. But yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's been cool though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody should really touch anything unless, you know, unless Daniel said, unless shit's really, really fucking bad, you know, for something. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you said about like the the overlap with email and SMS. We've had we had some brands who the first day budget on paid media was drastically lower than what we ultimately get it to because they want email, SMS, drive that initial spike and they don't want overlap, which kind of makes sense. Someone's going to convert by email and SMS, right? Like why pay? Why double up on your efforts? Um, I think it depends on the size of the brands as well and like, how much you have to rely on Facebook and your media doing the work during this time versus like your own lists and everything else. But yeah, interesting take. Has anybody converted from a Black Friday Summer Monday ad out of this group? Have y'all like, I know you may have had a list of things you were going to buy, but have you seen an ad and you're like, shit, I might as well get that. You know, right, you know I did. I, I in bed bought a scarf a black sabbath scarf 30 percent off i didn't know it existed and i'm going to big bear in two weeks and my wife has a king diamond one and i had to borrow hers last time i went out when it was cold it's not my own sabbath one uh but yeah anybody I else bought, i haven't bought anything yet i'm gonna i might do the whole twitter thing of tag your offers and buy oh some- yeah i did that i did that a couple days ago there was some really good stuff in there yeah. huh. I, I like to learn about new brands there's nothing I'm not going to be buying from all birds or anything like that. That's for sure. But um, if, there's, if there's some um, some cool new brands that I don't know about, I'd, I'd love to hear about them. I'm I'm looking at buying a circular saw. That's, Ooh. Uh, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at leave. Oh yeah, I'm debating like, do I go cordless or like just pure dad shit? Basically, is what I'm getting at. Is like pure dad shit, where I'm like, you know what I need is like a new circular saw, and do I go cordless this time? Like, mm. <laughs> I need a lawnmower. What's that? Right? Yeah. So yeah, I just have a list of power tools. Yeah. We should we should trade notes on power tools and shit for the house. Yeah, yeah. Just like, yep, okay. What power tools do I need? Because that's what I want. I'm just <laughs> I've become my father. Where it's like, oh yeah, it's it's Christmas time. Get me power tools. One of the best Christmas gifts I ever got was like a a, a bag, and it had like you know uh, like the Black and Decker circular saw and power drill, and I've built tables and like. Uh, like I built, I, I built shit with it, like one hundred percent. Although I lived in the canyon here in, in Los Angeles, and I was hammering shit in, and you, it would echo across the canyon and come back for me to like. I was ripping apart like a pallet and making a desk. Um, yeah, it was obnoxious. 
So with that being said, something that I like to do, and we've done this a few times, and maybe Black Friday we can we can make this happen again. Because I don't know if we've had we definitely haven't had Daniel on this, but like you know, your favorite D2C brands. I can tell you one that I'm super looking forward to because I'm on their email drip and it's legitimately like they have me like stressed because I want to pay and they won't let me. Is last crumb which Robert turned us on to like a month ago. Do you guys know about Last Crumb? No. Last yeah, Crumb yeah, yeah. is a small order bakery that oh, sells yeah, like yeah. 12 cookies at a shot. But it's like a text message goes out. And it's like the first thousand people and that's it. I signed up three weeks ago after Raba, the CMO of Triple Whale, was on the show. And uh, he was like, oh yeah, you got to get on this thing. Uh, and so I did. And um, there was something like, look for our email tomorrow. Uh, and, and, and so like, I, I was looking through my email all yesterday on Thanksgiving. I saw the thing and it was just a sign up for the damn SMS. So I'm like on the edge. But uh, yeah, for D to C Black Friday, I'm waiting for the cookie drop. Uh, yeah. Like, I, like that, that, is, that is everything for me right now. Just like I want to win the game even more than just the cookies. <laughs> I'm loving this crypto shit, dude. Fucking. That's what you're. That's what you're. Isn't isn't like I looked this morning. Everything's down. It's like there's a Black Friday sale on crypto right now. There you go. I got this that's... PYR shit too, and it's fucking. I feel like I've made like 5k in like 24 hours. Like it's fucking crazy. Nice. Well, I mean, ads are fun, all dude. Black Friday stuff you're looking forward to, or are you just guys out there just looking for anything? I find a good fucking deal. I'm going for it, dude. I'll be honest. We're going to the lighting store later. I might find some cool more lights and shit. I got who knows. <laughs> so. Homesick. I'm a big candle fan. Ooh. I love a candle. Oh. So I think I am, but I'm gonna take a look at it right now. I don't know if it's live oh, yet. Really? I might have got an email about it, but homesick. Can't have enough candles in my house. So yeah, aren't they the ones that are like they smell like places? Yeah, it's like come out of location stuff. So they've got like, like there's an LA one. Yeah, 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 yeah. This great gifts. Is this is this the one that came out of like BuzzFeed? Like BuzzFeed at one point started this, I think it was candles, like out of their innovation lab where they just like created this product. I'm not too sure. But I don't know if it was this one. I think I follow the founder on Twitter, but I can't. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, I'm if really... they end up watching this. I'm sorry. Yeah. If, so uh, for what it's worth, like, I don't know if I want a candle that smells like LA. Like I live in LA. Like I like. like... Yeah, but you could get other places. You could get other places. I have. There's one here that says it smells like Sagittarius. <laughs> This is, <laughs> this, smell. this is a great one. Tailgate. Tailgate? Oh. All right. I like that it's a Bud Light tailgate, not a Coors. I don't know. Call me, call me, call me crazy, but that uh, sounds like a better idea. Yeah. That, you know, one, that one. one. One more is uh, Represent Clothing. It's a British, UK, it's a British-based clothing brand. You should check those guys out as well. Oh, represent? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know these guys. 
I was one of my very first clients was I was in house in their LA office when it was representing, they also had some other brand um, and like their experience brand. And we were, we were literally scraping emails and we were scraping fit. We were doing graph like Facebook graph or whatever we could, we could scrape Facebook data. And uh, I remember I did the launch for them of the, uh, t-shirt of the drum off between Will Ferrell and Chad Smith. Um, but yeah, represent, those are good guys. Those are solid dudes. It's funny. I know another guy from represent that ended up replacing me when I left and we ended up both working at hyphen together a little bit after that. The represent is great. What is there? Don't they have another brand that they do? It's sort of like a competitor to Omaze, right? I'm not, I'm not too sure. It wouldn't surprise me, but rep, represent. Yeah. They do some good stuff. Oh, no, these guys are great. I'm a big built guy, BYLT. Yeah. I've already like. I see their emails. I spent like 300 bucks on them in the past two days. Mm -hmm. Like even even Lululemon's just, at least in Canada, Lululemon's bidding on their terms. That branded search, bro. No, they're not. They're not. They're not bidding here. They're not uh, bidding here. Uh, but but Lululemon is. I I do realize that I did buy a thing last week and I just went and looked it up and now it's cheaper and now I'm upset about it. They always yeah. plant, pan from our place. Have you guys seen that? The always oh, yeah. pan. Yeah. Right. It's like all of the pans that you need in in just one. What? Oh, Nick says he's now Dope. buying built. Thanks. You're welcome, Nick. Hey, shout out. I don't know if on that account, but uh, we appreciate it. There's also a really good Nerf gun deal on Amazon. If you want like a machine gun Nerf gun, it's pretty freaking sick, Loki. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> you dropped the link to that in the chat. Yeah, please? right? I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I need, I need kids' toys. Yeah, and also facing chat right now. The Nerf gun assault rifle, like machine gun thing. Oh yeah, hey, I'm also flamethrowers. These are on sale right now. They're a little bit more expensive, but they're freaking sick, dude. I love that the flamethrower is a little bit more expensive than the Nerf Mastodon. Sorry, the Mega Mega Mastodon. This like is a good deal. Out. It's fifty dollars for frustration free packaging. Frustration. <laughs> oh, my oh my god, yeah, look at this thing. No. Frustration free packaging, $48.99, standard packaging, $91.99. That feels to me like pre-owned car. So frustration free means somebody else already took it out of that fucking like they already did all the shit and they just threw it back in a box and sent it to you. Yeah. That's good Yo, position. Can I can I take us in a different direction? I wanted to ask about. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it or not. I like quote tweeted it because a good buddy of mine from Facebook that I worked with for years tweeted a thing last week about like here's what they've seen working now for large Facebook advertisers and like went off on a thread, and then it kind of like I thought it was great. Um, but there were people that like jumped in like Barry who said like the hard part about Facebook people then like sharing 
data and, and content around how to structure ads is that people then take it as gospel and it doesn't necessarily always apply. Now, Damn. I'm of the, like, I'm of the belief that I'd love to see more Facebook people tweet. When I was working with this guy, his name's Yoni Levy, uh, I was always like, man, you should tweet your hot takes. And he was like, nah, I don't know. I don't know about that. And I was like, just just tweet it. People will follow you. And he tweeted this thing. And I think it has it has like 45 retweets and like 204 likes. And, it, and like he wrote a whole thread about here's how you can kind of do this. But what are your takes on... Because Barry and I ended up having like a DM conversation about it where he was like, it gets scary because if they now I know this guy personally and worked with him for like two years. So I know that he knows what he's talking about. But when you see stuff like that, do you trust it? Do you think it's a bad idea? Daniel's got hot takes. Go, go. <laughs> Sorry. My my thing on it is this is like. I mean, first of all, Facebook are incentivized for you to spend more on their platform. So, like, right, they're not going to put out information on anything that they don't think is going to get people to spend more. And there's also, if you, if you, if you set your campaign strategies, anything else up under purely data-driven, algorithmic understanding of, well, this is the way to maximize the machine learning aspect of Facebook based on how it's all meant to work, right? So you can't really dispute that in one way, but there's people winning not doing those things, right? So like yes. if, if Facebook draw out a playbook of only do this, only do this, only do this, because if you do these things, that's maximizing how we've built our machines to perform the best, cool. And I think there's a lot you can take from that, but I think there's somebody not doing those things and winning. And, and I think like, if you only blindly ever do the things that come out of Facebook, then you don't know. I know Charlie, yeah. I actually saw a thread about from Charlie yesterday about CBO and ABO. Yeah. And, uh, that's and, oh, no, we can't go down this road again. Like, we can't go should. down this road again. So, so much to Charlie's dislike, I would say that one of our advertisers, maybe even more, I'd have to check with uh, uh, Kyle, is on ABO and absolutely crushing it. Now, like if we only did things the way maybe Facebook are telling us to because CBO is best because it does this, does this, then would it perform better? Well, it didn't. So we switched it over and we're using ABO and like, you see what I mean? So. I know that gets confusing because people ask questions of, well, what's the best way to set things up? And I think there's a there's an initial starting ground, which I would start with like the Facebook template to a large degree, because it's 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 there to guide how to maximize the machine, right? That is Facebook and the algorithm. I think as you get more knowledge and more experience and you work on bigger projects and bigger brands, like there's gonna be an element of, well, you have the freedom and opportunity to test other things if those things work, then if it goes slightly against what the what the theoretical best practices are, then I, I don't think that's a bad thing. That's my take. No, I I think it's like more of an art form than I mean. It sounds so douchey and self-serving, maybe that that it is more of an art form and how you 
you want to work and and what actually works right like some people are they like the abo side i like the cbo side but i don't care like i don't hate dylan because he runs abo Uh, i hate him for other things Sorry, it was just right there for me. Um, it, was, it was a good alley. Like I think, <laughs> I think, I think that that's the that's the play, right? And and I get into arguments about it all the time, but I get into arguments where it's not me running the account, right? So uh, if if I come in and take over and it's all ABO, my first instinct is like, well, set this up in CBO, but maybe that shits the bed, and I turn everything ABO back on. Uh, I just haven't had that experience yet. So that's why I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm sure that at some point I'll hit something where I'll be like, I gotta, I gotta test ABO. Yeah. I think again, not, not to kind of repeat the point and I know Charlie's going to want to talk on it, but it's like, yeah, I, I think, you know, and what, and what I've done always and we've done is I guess like you have, you have your initial playbook of where you want things to start from. Right. And I think that leverages a lot of what we know to be true about maximizing the machine that is Facebook, right? Like we want to get the most out of the algorithm. And so we want to do things at least initially that give us that best chance, but if it's not working, then you've got to have a, you've got to have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. You've got to have, yes, outside of creative variables and stuff, which is obviously super important, but like, you know, I think, I think, at least having an established base, right? But then there's every paths that take you to different directions. And that's the case with this brand where we're running ABO. It's it's massively helped us scale. Um, and probably part, like part of that is nuanced to the way we have that brand set up with product specific, multi-skew ABO campaigns that we can check against inventory levels and know how to scale up individual ad sets and things. Do you see what I mean? So. Again, there's yeah. a lot of variables around it. For sure. What? Okay, but wait. Before Charlie goes off on CBO, Facebook reps should they should they tweet more stuff that they see in the market overall, or or should they leave it to the rest of us to just tweet our hot takes about CBO and ABO? I think, I think we should let Dylan, a former Facebook yeah. rep, answer this question. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's be fucking. Let's. I'm gonna be real right now. So if they were to like tweet what they think is like accurate, I mean, that'd be complete bullshit if I'm being honest with you. I mean, with what we were trained, it was best practices, but let's be real. How many times do best practices actually work at the end of the day? And I mean, we can see what's in accounts. It doesn't mean we know what plan B C is. And I mean, the tools they have are pretty freaking cool because they can go into any single ad account they want to say, hey, I wonder how this brand structure I see their ads all the time. So, I mean, they can go above and beyond to kind of learn it for themselves, but there's literally 1% who actually know what the fuck they're doing. So, I mean, global account, yeah, I mean, I got a killer one. If she were to tweet some stuff, that would be kind of cool. But I mean, the majority of them are just not the greatest. Well, yeah. That's what, like, because I've worked with this guy, I'm like, Oh, he knows what he's talking about. And he does like add in all of the things that you would expect, uh, meta employee to do like do your own independent testing and hear some things and then people went back at him and he was like well this is what conventional wisdom says so it's not over the top charlie i just flipped it to you on slack uh just in case you want to put this tweet somewhere um because like i would love to hear from more facebook reps 
as long as it's I, I don't want to I don't want them to get in trouble because maybe Zuckerberg just drops the hammer, right? Uh, like I feel like you have to be like at a VP level to be tweeting about anything. Um, I did have to sign an NDA with mine, like both of them. And like so, I mean, I they have told me some things, and I'm just like, I don't. I mean, certain things that we'll keep to ourselves, but it's definitely interesting. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to risk. No losing them essentially so I mean, i'm definitely going to keep some things to my fucking self yeah yes like there was lots of, yeah i had tons of conversations where it was very nda'd um but but the stuff that they see and the reports that they get internally or that are then reflected in external case studies like highlighting that and and being able to tweet about it i i dig yeah well i'll, I'll say this I'll, I'll say this three things first off as far as reps go not all reps are created equal. There's a very different person that's the 24-year-old salesperson versus the global, like the C, the GSM on a like a disruptor account. Yes. Very different exposure. Um, there's also a big difference between somebody that works in the engineering or the measurement team and somebody that's on the product team. Very different exposure. And I know some of the folks on the measurement team that will swear up and down X, Y, and Z. And I get it. You're a scientist looking at data, but you never are able to take what's in the box out into the real world for business development. And there's a big gap. So I would love to see more of them talk, but I also think that there's a big understanding. Like I, I see a lot of times Facebook rep, employees will talk and everybody, if it mirrors what they have to say, they'll champion it till the, till the cows come home. Mm. And if it doesn't, then they're like, well, fuck a rep. They don't know what they're talking about. And the honest truth is it's one of those things where you get to pick and choose the, the conversation you would like to, like your echo chamber, which one do you want to support, right? So my second point to that is when it comes to reps and it comes to like, should you trust them? And like, what should you be doing? I think that ultimately, and this goes back to the more what Dan was saying, like, I think there is best practice for 80% of the people 80% of the time. I, that's my big general rule. There's an overarching thing that in general, if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to be good. And I think there's some distrust from employees and there's some, you know, advertisers. But like, for instance, this guy, Daniel, who like came at me because they said ads make their own lookalike audiences. Um, which is objectively true, although it's an analogy. So the people that don't understand what we're talking about can, can like get there. Um, he also said, well, Facebook ultimately just wants to take your money. And that basically tells me like, okay, cool. So I'm not going to trust anything that you have to say other than that, because basically just negated the value of any position you have, because yes, Facebook wants to take your money. But there's not like a piece of code that says, oh shoot, Daniel's got an extra $500 on his credit limit today. We're going to spike like, that the level of self-importance that it requires for you to think that Facebook is coming after you personally to, to like come after your bank account is fucking ridiculous. So then it ultimately comes down to my third point. <coughs> ABO and CBO. My ultimate thing is do what works best for you. The number one strategy is what you can commit to. I've seen a lot of people take one way or the other. It's how you think, how you problem solve, what your objectives are. But generally speaking, a lot of the people that I see champion ABO 
say, well, CBO didn't work for me, but they didn't come from a place where they implemented CBO the way it should be done. And they didn't necessarily follow, like, they're not validating the elements of all of their ads, right? They're not, like, validating for estimated action rate, the headlines, the creative, the, the, the primary text. They're not running dynamic creative testing at scale, at broad, to measure for incrementality to the reach of the audiences. They're not trying to stabilize that thing and then improve upon it. They're saying, well, this ad that I tested against an interest group three years ago, it's got great, or like three months ago, I ran it against Broad with CBO, and oh, by the way, it spent more money at Broad than it did at Lookalike. Well, Broad should spend more than Lookalike. Lookalike and cost cap and all that stuff, that's incremental, right? That's data-based audiences. So it's designed to not be the lion's share of the spend, but the thing that helps you reduce your average cost. And then ultimately, like what I find that marching order, that that mentality is, how do I make the system look as good as I can with the tools that I have? And I get that. My overarching thinking, though, is most of the people that I know that have fully embraced CBO that are going like it's a long game versus a short game. And I think that's the bigger thing I want. Ultimately, Facebook is a scientific method testing device. I want a control element where I can predict the outcome and then I want to improve it. What that means is I need as few moving parts so I have the most, the highest likelihood of getting a consistent result and then I improve it. And for me, that means I have a control campaign made up of some control audiences with CBO running because I know, hey, Facebook, no matter what you're going to do, I know what the out, I can project roughly what the outcome is going to be. And then I work to develop ads that are going to find me incrementality and audience reach or they're going to find me incrementality and efficiency. And I'm just going to cycle and repeat to continue to either reduce my CPA or maintain it while I'm pushing volume. And for me, that means that I'm no longer going to play the game of investment by audience because that is micromanaging something that becomes obsolete in the end game. So, like, I think there's very different things of maximized performance versus building And there's not necessarily one is right or wrong. It's just... I'm generally working with brands that are looking at the next six months, next three years as their objective. And that for me means I need the simplest, most stable account because Facebook is feeding into a larger ecosystem that we're measuring across like, you know, a, a blended CPA. And, and I can't adjust things up or down. And like, the biggest complaint is people say, well, I can't triple my spend. And my thing is like, do I want to triple spend? Or do I want that tripled spend to be my normal in three months? Because, for instance, Daniel or Dylan was talking about like running the reach campaign against all that smaller audience. Well, that's great. You're going to get great results now. But it's also going to tank your account's estimated action rate. And you're likely to see your prospecting suffer for the next couple of weeks because you're forcing impressions on people who don't want to see it. So there's a halo effect of reduced performance efficiency that now you're creating problems you're not going to have to micromanage to solve. And I'm just not even going to play the game. And so it's, it's a different style, right? And so that's where I manage Facebook in 90 minutes, two hours max a week. And I'm trying to plan for three months in advance. But I might miss out on today's revenue when Dylan is going to maximize the opportunity right in front of him. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing the hand-to-hand -hand combat game. And I might definitely miss out on opportunity for that. But it's a different style of management. I don't know. That, that's... My, uh, I literally just like have a note to myself, like, do not talk about CBO versus ABO today because I feel like we do it every time. My and, then, and then 
Yeah. No, it's all right, man. That's every time somebody comes in, though, they're like, we should talk about this. Because, like, Charlie's out there on Twitter being like, you're stupid if you run ABO. You're stupid if you run it. I said ABO is stupid and obsolete. Yes. Yes. Because of the liability to long-term brand growth. And requires... I know. We don't need to cover any more of it. What's what's your... What's another topic? Well, how about this? We're, we're, We're like 55 minutes. So... Why don't we leave with this thing? I always rant at some stuff. Maybe we can have some parting things of some good advice and how somebody can find you. Just like if there's somebody watching this right now that can really want to get some sort of insight, if you were able to pull somebody aside for a moment and give them, you know, 60 seconds of your time, what would that, what would that look like? Maybe we can go, you know, uh, in, in the order that we introduce everybody. So maybe Dave, why don't you go first? If that's okay with you. Like, some advice you would give somebody 60 the elevator pitch on like what do you think is really important because you were like what employee some double digit number probably in my space and, and now you're here doing the game almost 20 years later what yeah. if, if that your elevator pitch to some to some kid to try to you know relatively speaking uh, to try to help them be successful or think about something. What is what is a parting shot to try to make the world a little bit better place? Because lots of things that we should try to do. Specific to our world, DTC. Yeah, the DTC. Yeah. Like, you know, hone your craft. Like, like taking knowledge and taking information, but don't take in so much that you're pulled in fifty thousand different directions because. As we've just seen on this call, right? like you're successful, Dylan's successful, I'm doing okay. We all do things differently. Like, and, and, and that's the thing is like, you know, I think there's so, it's great. There's a big community out there on Twitter. It's fantastic. There's a lot of support. People have different ways of doing things. At the end of the day, you have to trust your own instincts, your own knowledge, the things that you are doing and applying, um, so yeah, I'd say take information, learn, connect with people, read, do everything else. But at the end of the day, like forge your own path, and uh, and then I think you'll be okay. I like that. I know. Take what works, leave the rest. Something like that. Now, yeah. Now we have to follow, follow that. It. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to follow yeah, that. Follow. Right? Let's go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, my thing is always to learn learn how to learn and crit- critical thinking those two skills alone will set you apart from 90 percent of the people that are out there um if you can learn how to learn meaning so learning how to learn and critical thinking together mean that you don't take anything that e- any one of us just said and run with it as like that's the right thing to do go and find other people that say different things and then go and try and corroborate either side of that. And, and from there, build your own philosophy towards something and then utilize that philosophy going forward, but always add to it. Right. Like I have my own philosophy of how I think about growth, how, but a lot of that is came from other places, but then I challenged those things too, to be like, is this actually true? Because there are people that'll tell you, as we've discussed, whatever you want to hear. Um, so if you can't find a dissenting view, maybe it's true, but you, you have to have the critical thinking skills to realize that you're either searching for your own echo chamber or 
you're actually doing your due diligence. Solid. Yeah, I think I pulled that off. Good luck. Good luck, Dylan. (laughs) Golly, yeah, Mike. Holy, I thought you were gonna slaughter that too. I was like, I was like, oh, this means yeah, like it'll be easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the best thing is to kind of come in open-minded, more or less. Because, I mean, you're always going to have your, you know, what's in your gut you think you should do. But, I mean, it's good to hear perspectives. And that's what I think Twitter is great for. And I never thought I would like Twitter, to be honest. But that's been a great platform for me and just the marketing realm. But even learning new things, because, I mean, marketing is fun. But also, like, staying up to date with, you know, Web3 and, you know, NFTs and all that kind of fun stuff. I love learning new stuff, which just kind of keeps me in the game, more or less. I mean, to kind of even piggyback more off what, you know, Brent said, it's just always be learning. I mean, I think that kind of keeps you in the game, more or less. Because, I mean, there's never one size fits all. It's cool to see other people's, you know, perspectives and wins. But, I mean, you never really see the bad things sometimes. So, I mean, of course, you have those five or six huge wins, but you also have, like, nine or ten fucking huge flops for the most part. So, I mean, it's all about knowing that. And, I mean, take everything with a grain of salt. Do your due diligence for the most part. But, yeah, I also love what Daniel said. Hone your craft. I mean, I think stick to one thing. Get really, really good at it before you start getting pulled in different directions. And a good example for you know with that with me was many chat with Facebook ads. I was always first to that curve, but now I'm like I don't even use those things anymore. So I mean, tiny optic syndromes are real things. So, I mean, control what you can control, and you know, kind of stay in your lane for the most part until you hit a you know specific spot you want to be at. So I love it. I love it. I, and and I'll go here like to kind of echo some of this stuff. And one other thing, like don't be a generalist. You know who makes more money than the guy that the 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 guy that runs the corner like uh like urgent care clinic, the the brain surgeon that saves lives, like be extremely excellent at one thing, and find people better than you at everything else, and I think that that's something that I've always tried to do. And the other thing here is. What I'd like to say when it comes to learning stuff is validate who it is you're learning from. One of the biggest issues that I have, and I've been vocal about this for many, many years, which is why a lot of people have me blocked. Um, and they blocked me on their Facebook groups before they before I joined Twitter. Now they blocked me here too. Um, I don't take advice. I, I don't trust people that don't do the work. There's a lot of folks whose job is to manage teams and to monetize attention and to do all of that stuff that are giving advice on how to do things. But, okay, Brent, fair enough. You actually do work. You got your hands dirty and executed, right? There are far too many people preaching advice that are repackaged versions of other things that are years and years old that don't actually do any of the work. And the honest thing is, I don't want that person to do the work because that's not their job, but it also means they're not up to date. And so I would much rather take the word of five people that are, that are, you know, up to their neck in work, just pounding stuff out that are figuring it out than somebody that hasn't gotten their hands dirty in years. Um, and, and so that's like my biggest thing is like, if somebody's teaching you stuff, make sure that they actually do the thing that they're teaching um, 
because that's that's a big big piece that I think is highly valuable. And I think that's one thing here. Everybody does the work. Like we're all here actually doing legit work. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that that's one reason why this is really valuable for people. So with all that being said, guys, I think we're kind of, we're a little over an hour, so I'll call it at that, but I really, really appreciate it. I know we got into some topics. I think Brent, maybe next time you figure out a couple other hot take options for us to dive into, uh, if you want to, besides AVO and CVO, it'll be fun. Uh, and don't worry, next Monday, I'm going to drop another thread that's going to clearly upset people because it's trying to help folks get better at their job. But, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta have Daniel come back to talk about like influencer marketing and UGC and, you know, and how, how to find that stuff. I yeah. love that. Maybe we can do that in like a week or two. Cause I got Ash and I got Dara and, and I'd love to, to, to bring you back for that. Daniel, like the influencer side, we've been talking paid media so much yeah. the influencer side, biz dev side, these other things. Like I used to have a six figure influencer budget. I would love to hear with somebody else that does that game definitely like, yeah. let's, do it. let's do it all right sounds good well hey everybody uh don't hit refresh too much every action you take today is off of incomplete data and will drive you nuts you've already worked really hard today so best of luck to you and uh tell your clients to turn on shopify alerts on their phone and when their phone dies you can go to sleep that's my advice uh, i'll talk to you all later thank you very much i'll see you next time Bye. There we Thanks go.